Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Heart of Markness podcast. I guess this would be the Heart of Markness classic rock podcast, as opposed to the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast of Thursday. That's how I'm separating them on Twitter. What had happened? Oh, there we go. <laughs> my my mouse drifted off my screen and all my stuff. You know how when you you move your mouse a certain way in Windows, um, all the programs that are open disappear and suddenly it's just your naked desktop. That's what happened. I was like, ah, it's happening. My computer's dying. Nope. All is well. Well, all is well <laughs> for 2020. Oh, my goodness. We lost Eddie Van Halen this week. Um, but we still have Bob Dylan. We could take heart in that. But one of these days he's going to go too. And oh, what a dark day that will be. Uh, that is tonight's topic or this podcast's topic, whatever time of day you're listening to it. Uh, it's a Mike Millard first generation release, which uh, according to the liner notes that came with the recording, um, the, every other available tape of this particular Bob Dylan concert has been a an okay recording at best. So a nice, clean, first-generation Mike Millard recording is welcome for Bob Dylan fans. This is Dylan in 1988 at the Pacific Amphitheater. And what is the date? I think it's uh, September 8th, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, California. Taped by the lovely saint, Mike Millard. The set list for this show, um, it's, a lot of, it, it's, it's a lot of primarily majority 1960s Dylan's tunes. Which kind of bums me out, because it's a 1989 show, and, you know, there's, he, he's, he's, he's ignoring 20 years of content, um, but I guess that's just what he did. My understanding was he didn't often do, you know, in, you know, in the latter days. I don't know if '89 counts as the latter days, but uh, he didn't often do. Well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You know what? I don't know much about Bob Dylan recordings. I have no. I don't even have any. I have the bootleg series stuff, and I have one bootleg video of him doing Visions of Johanna in um, 2000. That's just kept private on my YouTube channel. And that's it. So I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is part of the Endless Tour. In 1988, he just started the Endless Tour, and it's been going on for 32 years now, which is why Bob Dylan, you know, Bob Dylan was always around during that time, if you remember. And it's not necessarily, I guess, well, you know what? I guess the idea is it's not necessarily touring. It's not touring to promote an album. It's touring to just play whatever he feels like playing at that, at that part of the uh, tour. So... Okay, I guess I understand it then. It's cool. I was kind of bummed because um, he's got some good stuff in the 80s. His Infidels album is one of my favorite Dylan albums ever. Has some of the best songs he wrote, in my opinion, ever. Like I and I, Sweetheart Like You. Has a Mick Taylor solo from the Stones. Um, a Mick Taylor solo that, although it's, it's nothing special technically, is maybe my favorite guitar solo you know it's up there in the top 10 uh of all time it just emotionally i i get what he's saying and i love it so anyway but 
This is September 8th, and uh, here's the set list in case you want to download the whole dog or doggone thing on heartofmarkness.com, which you'll be able to hopefully tonight. Uh, it is 10 o'clock at night. It is a Saturday night, and I am enjoying myself with some fine and very powerful uh, bottles of stout and... Um, an almost heroic amount of cannabis gummies. So we all know how these are. It's been a while since I've done one of these. If it sucks, I will do a nice normal one tomorrow. But in any case, it'll be fine because if you like Bob Dylan, you're going to like this. Um, the set list for this show at long last, apologies. He opens with, most likely you'll go your way and I'll go mine. Into positively 4th Street. Leopard skin pillbox hat. I Want You, Ballad of a Thin Man, one of my favorite Dylan songs, Highway 61 Revisited, one of my favorite Dylan songs, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, Baby Let Me Follow You Down, which is a fun song that I enjoy, love it on Before the Flood, the the album he did with the band, so good, Don't Think Twice, It's Alright, another one that I love from uh, Before the Flood, the album he did with the band, which is from the 74 tour, um, Rank Strangers to Me, which I guess is a Stanley Brothers cover. One Irish Rover, the Van Morrison tune. It Takes a Lot to Laugh, It Takes a Train to Cry. I'll Remember You. I Shall Be Released. Like a Rolling Stone. Mr. Tambourine Man, and All Along the Watchtower. So good stuff. I mean, for, for a casual Dylan fan, it's like, I know almost all these songs. And uh, very, very, very good. In 89, you know, he he was gliding into the the almost inarticulate croak. Not even a croak. Uh, I don't know the verb for how his voice sounds. It works. I mean, he's Bob Dylan. But, you know, I can't say that I don't miss the fact when he had more of a range and a, uh, <laughs> more of a voice. Uh, anyway... Instead of sounding like a dick shitting on the recording that I'm about to promote, let's listen to it, shall we? And as always, thank you to the GEMS group for curating, archiving, and releasing these wonderful Mike Millard recordings. Um, for those of you that don't know, Mike Millard is the king of stealth taping, the saint of stealth taping, and uh, the best one I've ever heard. He had a Nakamichi tape recorder that he got in 1975, used AKG mics, and or the capsules from the mics, and a wheelchair, most often, not every time, that would hide the Nakamichi tape recorder and the custom battery pack he had to record to, to power it, and he would get tickets in he knew he knew all the venues he knew where the sweet spots were for recording and when possible he would get tickets sometimes having the wheelchair would put him in the nice section because they would just roll him up there like in front of the soundboard kind of thing other times he would buy the tickets and or you know sometimes he would bribe people so that he wouldn't have to do the wheelchair bit he'd just pay some people and go listen i'm going to record here's some money and they'll be like whatever um but he recorded Hundreds and hundreds of shows and hundred and, and so many different bands for you know two decades from you know seventy four I think was his first one 
and um, I know he passed away in 94, so there's 20 years there, and irreplaceably important documents. Um, the Led Zeppelin, the, the most famous Led Zeppelin bootleg, and one of the most famous bootlegs, period, of all time. Listen to this, Eddie, is recorded by him. For Badge Holders Only was recorded by him. He's recorded Queen and Rod Stewart. I mean, 95% of my bonus episodes feature Mike Millard recordings because every week this Gems group has sourced the master recordings, which were not always available because he was he was a tape trader. And because he knew what quality he had, he used to mark tapes when he would trade them, put little defects in here and there, cut some things out, make a little distortion or something, so that if that person uh, sold the tape to a bootleg company so that the recording would be sold for profit, he would be able to be able to identify which tape was used and then, you know, do whatever it is he did, or maybe just blacklist them. But for the first time, we have access to many of his master recordings and the gems group, you know, goes through and, and reshells the tapes if they need to bakes them in an oven, which is a preservation um, archival thing that releases some of the oils from inside the layers of the plastic itself so that they could be uh, kind of drawn out to, to adhere and hold the oxide onto the tape itself enough for one more go round through the machine and they use top notch machines azimuth adjusted calibrated perfectly so that it can extract every every bit of that analog signal for the digital conversion and um god bless them for it it's it's tremendously important it's the kind of thing that you know ken burns should do a documentary about because it is so important to have these emotional documents, documents of the culture of the 70s. I mean, the 70s were 45, 50 years ago, 1970. It's in the past in the way that World War II was in the past when I was a kid. And World War II is moving into ancient history because it's not even people's grandpa that fought in World War II anymore because they were my grandparents. Ah, anywho... Sorry, 10 minutes in, going on a rant. It's tremendously important. It's tremendously important. And God bless him for it. So let's go on ahead to Bob Dylan. Um, these are, like I said, mostly a greatest hits show, common, more common stuff. So you're going to know these songs. So I picked my favorites. And um, I'm going to start with Highway 61 Revisited. Because it has what are, to me, some of the best and coolest opening lyrics ever recorded. And this was on the album Highway 61 Revisited. And it's just, it's brilliant. It's, it's cla everybody knows it. It's God said to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, What? God said, you can do what you want to, but next time you see me coming, you better run. Abe said, where you want this killing done? God said, out on Highway 61. Holy shit. This was in 1966. This was, this was part of that, that, that bolus of music that burst the bubble from the cardigan sweater 
perfectly stupid brill creamed hair pie pipe smoking like so hey pops what's the problem anything i can help with 60s of like my three sons bursting through to you know Jimi hendrix and Janis Joplin and the Beatles suddenly going from I want to hold your hand to I want to eat acid and float down the river of death. So this is it. This is part of that huge tectonic shift, that that nuclear explosion, the 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 Manhattan Project uh, of music. And um, it's brilliant. So let's listen to it, shall we? Here we go. Heart of Markness, Highway 61 Revisited. Yeah. 
he always has really good bands. Um, the band he has now and the band he's had for the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years maybe, is just amazing. I know Charlie Sexton is in it. And they're just it's just really good. I mean, of course, the band themselves came from Dylan's band. And um, he toured with Tom Petty in 87 as Petty's ba- uh, Petty as his backing band. That was a cool one. Although Dylan was not particularly inspired at that time. Um, Dylan and the Dead, the Grateful Dead, were his backing band. That one, uh, not my cup of tea. And from what I understand, not one of the more popular Dylan albums either. But, um, listen, I can't fault the man. He's, he's, he's God in this pantheon. He's the apex of the pyramid. Um... I can't judge him. I sound like Dennis Hopper talking about uh, Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. I'm just a small man. I mean, he's a, he's a big man, and, and I... <laughs> Whew. He's Bob Dylan. He's changed history. One, one dude. One dude. And um, he, he's always reinventing himself, kind of like David Bowie in a way. And reinventing the songs and represent, you know, and re-presenting them in different ways, so that a lot of times you won't even reckon, you know, know what the song was, because especially nowadays when he's touring and his voice is is past tense, um, and he and he's still yet he with what he has he works with it like Leonard Cohen did, when Leonard Cohen voice dropped six hundred octaves, I mean, but Cohen's voice was Freddie Mercury compared to you know Bob Dylan, um. But he does that. He twists and turns the songs around, turns them inside out, reinvents them, uh, yeah, and for better or worse. But they're his songs, and you know, they're some of the best, the best songs ever written. Lyrically, I mean, he's 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 James Joyce in ways, and there's a lot of like like Neil Young in a way. Um, there's a huge body of work. And you can take a good chunk of that body of work and just throw it right in the trash and no one would miss it. But it's just, um, it's a consequence of the manner in which they, they create. They're just always creating. Dylan's almost 80 years old. And he just put out an album and it's badass. It's, it's amazing. And, um... The metamorphosis he went from being a protest singer in the folk era, being the Elvis of the folk set, to to going electric and being a heretic and an apostate of the folk scene, being booed. Those classic things of his trip to England where he has the band, Robbie Robertson and those guys, as his backing band. And those shows were insanely good insanely good my favorite rendition of visions of johanna which is maybe one of my favorite you know definitely one of my favorite dylan songs and one of the best songs ever another great opening line in that song ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet we sit here stranded though we all do our best to deny it jesus christ that's good. 
And that's just one stanza from one song by one little Jewish dude. And it went from, you know, the times they are changing, Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie, I'm, I'm the common man's voice, to I'm a bard, to I'm a prophet, to I'm Bob fucking Dylan, damn it, to then he went crazy born again Christian. And I don't mean like it's crazy to go Christian. I meant crazy as in he really leaned into it and went, you know, very Christian and put out some amazing music there. In fact, Infidels was, I I think it's kind of considered the last of the purely Christian Bob Dylan albums, but holy mackerel, Joker man, insanely good and very biblical song. I and I not so, not so Christian, although this Christian imagery, um, but there's also a Rastafarian element in the I and I being the I, the divine in us, the capital I and I, the ego sense kind of thing. Um, we're getting pretty philosophical tonight, aren't we, Marcus? Yep, yep, yep. Remember here, religious studies major here. That's what I went to school for. Um, and music. 20 years apart. Um, all right. Oh, boy. I'm rambling again. Sorry, folks. All right. How about another song, numbnuts? All right. I shall. I'm going to play two back to back. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm assuming they're going to melt together like they did on the album. We're going to do Baby Let Me Follow You Down because that's a fun song. Not Dylan's song, I don't think, but oh, it's brilliant. I love the way he played it on The Last Waltz, the, the band's movie. So good. All right. September 8th, 1989. Baby, let me follow you down. Bye, Bob Dylan.
That was spectacular. That was spectacular. His voice is still there. He can still carry a tune. He doesn't sound remarkably different range-wise than he did in the late 70s. That's analytical Mark. Their judgmental Mark. The one I hate the most when I listen to it and go, you arrogant son of a bitch, who are you? <clears throat> anyway. Um... That song made me happy, and I love the way he played the guitar. I love the way he ended it. I, I love the way... Here's me judging again. I was like, I love the way when he is... I was going to put it on him. I love some of the aspects of Bob Dylan and his various you know incarnations and manifestations over the last 60 years. That's bonkers. Um... I love the way he plays guitar. It's like I can um, sometimes understand it. It resonates with me in, uh, in the way that Jimmy Page is playing does, emotionally. I understand that language. I get it. It's emotional and it's beautiful. And some of the little things that he does with playing hits me the same way. And it's very cool. It's why I have that um, 2000 video of him performing Visions of Johanna and it's a shitty quality video I ripped from like a Russian tube site years ago. And it, it, it's a very low res copy. Um, but it, it's brilliant for that very reason. Because he does this little um, acoustic guitar solo in the middle of it. And it's very minimalistic. It's very not special. It's like one note over and over again kind of thing while he does a little uh, Elvis Presley dance. So it's quite cute. Um but there's a point in it where he locks in and plays this phrase that is just so lovely. It's almost like Mozart. Lovely. And it just pulls you in. And I've, I, I remember playing it for uh, my daughter one night. Of like, here, you just got to hear this. One of those great moments where, you know, my, she's open to connecting with me and she's appreciating some of the things that I enjoy. And... um I was talking about it, and she goes, oh, is that it? I, and, and she heard it, because there's just a moment where it comes into sharp focus, and it's beautiful, and there's an intent behind it, and it's, oh, <sighs> so good. And there was some of that in this song at the end. I enjoy that. And maybe it is because I'm just stoned, and I'm, I'm just super like, hey, man, everything's great, man. Everybody's one, but it's brilliant. Now, Don't Think Twice It's Alright is a good song. Um, I love the version he did on 
Oh, Before the Flood, like I said, which was his tour in 1974 with the band, getting the old band together kind of thing. And um, he did an acoustic set just himself. And then he came out and did the band and they did some band songs and they did some Dylan songs. But he just came out with Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, just he and his harmonica. And it was intensely good. Um, This one is not that one. It's still excellent, though. It's good. Great song, badass lyrics, and the Clapton version from the 30th anniversary Bob Dylan show is good too, although it's very like I'm standing upright, I'm British, and I'm wearing a tie kind of fancy instead of, you know what, bitch? Step to walk and I'm done with you, which is the vibe of the song. Enjoy. Here you go. Well, I ain't saying you cheated me unkind. 
And we're back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Those two extra edibles I ate when I started the podcast kicked in, and I uh, went off on a tangent, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a podcast. All right. Let's see if I can stick the landing. Um, <laughs> that was brilliant. I love that performance of that song, and you know what? I think by extension, I love this concert. I started off this podcast being an asshole, going, yeah, this is just Dylan doing his old shit, and then absolutely loving these performances, yeah, these little snapshots, you know, this this wasn't recorded professionally, or if it was, it hasn't been released professionally, and this is just what those folks heard that night, and it's it's superlative, yay, I love it, made me happy. Do I have any other songs? How is it doing? Oh, I don't. Do I want to do any more songs? It's kind of a short podcast. It is. It's a very short podcast. Let's see if we can... We're doing it live! Picking another song. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. You're all screaming at... No, you're not. You're like yelling songs. I'm going to do something with a little more meat to it because those last two were kind of fluffy. Um, <clears throat> all right, you know what? 
I want to do Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. That's a fun song. All right, here we go. Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat, which I think is on Blonde and Blonde. A lot of Highway 61 Blonde and Blonde vibe tonight and content. All right, friends, here you go. Nope. Fuck that. I have changed my mind. We are doing I Shall Be Released because the backing band is the shit and it has a groove and I love it. Plus, again, opening lyrics. You know, they say everything can be replaced. They say any distance is not near. (sighs) But I remember every face of every man who put me here. I see my light come shining from the west down to the east. Any day now, I shall be released. That's good shit. All right, let's get to the song. You're really going to enjoy this. It is great.
Nice. Great band. Great band. That delivery, no, it was not as sweet and poignant and melancholy as Richard Manuel's falsetto delivery. Ah, but it's his goddamn song. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if (laughs) If you like what I do, and you want to follow me, I am followable on Twitter at Heart of Markness. I also have a Facebook group full of really, really nice and cool and knowledgeable people. Uh, Heart of Markness group on Facebook. Pretty standard there. I have a YouTube channel, Heart of Markness, so you can see a common thread through all this. And um, my content is posted and archived on heartofmarkness.com, by which I mean you can find the complete concert of just about every podcast I do. Um, on heartofmarkness.com not just the songs I feature but you can get this whole show which is why I uh, read the set list at the beginning because I want to give it to you if you want it do you want it alright uh, you can also follow this chaotic individual um, not follow support you can enable this lifestyle um <laughs> On Patreon, Patreon uh, slash Heart of Markness, if you like what I do, um, supporting live classic rock recordings, Led Zeppelin on Thursdays, and whatever the newest Mike Millard thing is, usually, uh, on the weekend. You can hit me up on Patreon. I am not going to read the list of the titans upon whose shoulders rests the Heart of Markness on this one, because I don't want them to be accessories to this, if it turns out this is, in fact a shameful train wreck instead of the fun ride that I've had. Like if I listen to this tomorrow and go, yikes, I don't want them associated with this. Uh, 
But um, if you like it and you want to support, and you can support, you don't have to. It's a free podcast, but it's always nice, and it materially helps me in a tangible way. It's not like just added to the pile of the Scrooge McDuck fortune I have. It actually goes, oh, money, in my pocket, bettering my life. So thank you to those folks, and I am going to call it a night. Bob Dylan beautiful recording i will uh, endeavor to have it up on heart of markness shortly may not be tonight but it will be soon all right be kind to yourselves and each other and thank you very very much for listening to me bye bye <laughs>